Well, family, welcome this morning. Welcome those of you who are here in person and watching us online this morning. Welcome. I've got some good news, everybody. We made it. We made it. Here we are today on the last Sunday of 2020. The last Sunday of 2020. And it's been an interesting year. Can we all agree? It's been an interesting year. You know, for me, it started back in January. Okay, it got a little interesting in January when uh, this couple right here, who knows who, who knows who they are? That's Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. They decided that they didn't want to be royalty anymore. Do we remember that? They stepped down. They're like, we don't want to, we just want to live a normal life. And for her, that had to be like her worst nightmare, right? Because like every girl's dream is to grow up and be a real life princess. And then he just like pulls the rug out from underneath her. Like what in the world is going on 2020? And then just a few weeks after that, Planner's Peanuts made the weirdest announcement ever. Mr. Peanut died. I'm like, I didn't even know that a cartoon nut could die, but thanks a lot, 2020. What in the world's going on? And then there was a day that I'll never forget. A day that I'll never forget, and that day was June 25th. June 25th, it's a day that will live in infamy around my house. That's the day that Netflix announced that The Office was coming off of Netflix at the end of 2020. And I'm like, what is going on? Okay, clearly this is going to be a year that we've never experienced before because if we can't have The Office, what's going on, right? But, uh, but I've got new, good news for you this morning. I've got good news for you this morning. If you haven't seen The Office, you can still do it. You have time. <laughs> I did the math, you can start on season one to get to season nine, it takes 99 and a half hours, okay? At the end of the service today, you're gonna have roughly 109 hours left in this year. So if you use your time wisely, you'll have plenty of time to watch The Office and maybe even have a couple bathroom breaks, so. Oh man, but, but truthfully, this has absolutely been a year uh, that's been very difficult for most of us. I think we could all agree with that this morning. It's a year that we'd probably love to forget. A year where we just maybe wish we could have skipped over it all together. Just ended it back in July and ran forward to 2021. And yet here we are today on the final Sunday of 2020, on the doorstep of 2021. And we're longing, we're hoping, we're pleading with God. And let's be honest, we're kind of planning that 2021 is going to be a better year. We're kind of planning on that today. But it's not really up to us, is it? It's not really up to us this morning. It's not really up to us, but you know what? There is hope today. There's hope today. First Peter 5.10, it says that after you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation. Friends, I don't know when a little while is gonna end. I don't know when that's gonna end. I don't know the answer to when, but I do know the answer to if. Because it will end. It may not end on this side of eternity for all of us, but it is going to end. For those of us who love the Lord, who have put faith in Jesus Christ, we will be forever with him in heaven, and it will end. So the question this morning is this. What do we do while we wait? What do we do while we wait? What do we do in the middle of this? What do we do if, if 2021 isn't filled with the hope that we hope it's filled with? What do we do if a little while isn't over yet? I think the answer that God has given us this morning is this, just simply keep running the race. Keep running the race because the race is real. 
The race is real. The title of this talk today is The Race is Real. Turn to your neighbor and tell them the race is real. If you're watching us online, type it in the chat. The race is real. If you can find it, maybe put the running man emoji in the chat this morning. Because the race is real. Hey, if you have your Bibles today, I would love for you to turn. Uh, we're going to go to two different places. The first place I'd love to go to is 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And then everybody put a marker. If you want some extra credit today, put a marker in Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to go there in just a few moments. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 24 Paul tells us that the race is real. He tells us that our race is real and he reminds us about what is at stake in the race that we are all running today. Verse 24, do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. God, we thank you this morning for your word. God, we thank you for the power that is in your word. God, we pray today as we are running our race that you would strengthen us in our races today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, since we know this morning that the race is real, let's dig in. Point number one this morning is this, how we run matters. How we run matters. Paul tells us in verse 24, run in such a way as to get the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Now I know for a lot of the younger generation in here, you're very confused because you're like, wait, don't we all get participation trophies? I'll let that settle for a minute. <laughs> but the truth is in Paul's day, there were no participation trophies. There was either a winner or there were losers. And so Paul is telling us today that we should run to win. We should run this way, race in a way as to win the prize. But the issue is, is that too often we allow our circumstances in our lives to control and determine our pace. We allow our circumstances to determine our pace. When life's going good, man, we're strutting our stuff. We feel good about life. That's right, walking like Conor McGregor. I like that, Martin. We're strutting our stuff. And then the minute something starts to go bad, we tend to slam on the brakes. We're slowing down. We gotta, we gotta figure out what in the world is going on. And if you're anything like me, you're really good at deciding what your circumstances mean. I don't know why you're laughing. No, it's because I'm not at all good at deciding what my circumstances, I'm being very sarcastic. You know, if I'm left to my own devices, I'm great at jumping to conclusions. I can jump to a conclusion like that. I'm great at deciding what my circumstances mean. If something registers, even, even smells a little bad, I'm like, got to slave on the brakes and figure this out, right? If you're standing near me when I get some bad news, you might get whiplash, okay? That's how, that's how quick I slam on the brakes. But God's working on me. God's working on me today. I don't have it all together, that's for sure. But I can tell you this, I could stand up here for the better part of the next hour and I could tell you all the times in the last year that my circumstances maybe seemed bad to me and I started slowing down. And looking back on those, those circumstances, God was 100% in control. He was 100% in control. And you know, even if I could have fixed the problem then, I probably would have just messed it up even more because I needed to place my trust in God in that moment. 
It's like my ability, I thought my ability to discern was just like so great. I can figure this out on my own, but it's not. And that shouldn't be a shock to any of us today. Isaiah 55, eight and nine says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. For somebody today, that's the message you need to hear. For somebody today, that's the reason you're here today. Because those thoughts that you think about yourself and the quietness, those things that you say about yourself or to yourself, that's not how God thinks of you. That's not how God talks about you. You are a child of God. You're his son or his daughter. You are his beloved. Somebody needs to hear that today. For my thoughts are not your thoughts and neither are my ways, are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. We have to be careful. We can give God praise for that. We can give God praise for that. We have to be careful assigning meaning to our circumstances because when we assign meaning to our circumstances, it will kill our pace in our race. It rhymes, it's gotta be true. It's gotta be true. So we need to ask ourselves, what, what does our pace need to be? What does our pace in, in this race need to be? We've all heard slow and steady, right? Slow and steady wins the race, the tortoise and the hare. Since we were kids, we heard slow and steady wins the race. And consistency, is absolutely something we need in our race. But I'm gonna suggest that there are times in our life where slow and steady doesn't win the race. There are times in our life where we need to be prepared spiritually to run. We need to be ready for what God puts in our way. And we need to be ready to run spiritually. So today I'm gonna to say that I don't think slow and steady is gonna win this race. I think ready and steady is gonna win our race. Ready and steady. We need to be alert and we need to be ready in our race. We need to be alert and ready. First Corinthians 16 verses 13 says, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. But thankfully Paul doesn't in there. Paul doesn't in there. And he, I think he does this for people like me who tend to run a little hot. Me and Mike P, where's Mike P at? We both run just a little hot. There he is. We can get fired up. If, if he ended there, we'd just all be like, okay, we're gonna go conquer the world and we're gonna be strong and courageous. But he follows it up with four words in verse, verse 14. Do everything in love. Do everything in love. You know, earlier in the 13th chapter of Corinthians, Paul says that he could speak in tongues of men and angels, but if he didn't have love, he sounded like a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. And friends, when I'm talking to a, 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 a non-believer or when I'm trying to disciple somebody, this right here is the last thing that I want to sound like. But that's what Paul tells us. If we talk and we don't have love, that's what we sound like. Now I'm a drummer, so I appreciate a good, a good cymbal crash, okay? But the last thing I want to sound like when I'm trying to, trying to disciple somebody is, is, is a clanging cymbal. But that's what he tells us that we sound like and he tells us at the end of that, that if we don't have love, we have nothing. We have nothing. You know, one of the best ways to show the people around us in our race that, uh, that we love them is simply to be steady, is to be steady. John, uh, in uh, John 13, Jesus tells us that we should love one another like he has loved us. Love one another like he has loved us. And so we, we're really good sometimes at you know, loving with the words Jesus spoke and maybe the actions that, that Jesus did throughout his life. But we also need to remember that we need to love according to the characteristics of Jesus. 
We need to be, as we become more Christ-like, we need to find out what were those characteristics of Jesus. And you know Jesus is a perfect model of how to be steady in your life? Hebrews 13, eight, what's it say? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the perfect, perfect model of how to be steady in our lives. Pastor John talks about it all the time. You tell Stella and Riley, right? Steady is sexy. Steady is sexy. Find a man who's steady. I'm gonna hitch my wagons to that and say, uh, gentlemen, if you wanna date one of my daughters, cool. You better be steady, because steady is sexy. They're looking for steady too. But uh, steady is, is really important. And you know, men, we, we can love our families, we can love our wives, and, and really help uh, pastor our homes by being steady in our, in our lives. Same thing with moms. Moms, you have so much, so much on your shoulders. So much. And I know, I know if Erin, if, if she's not steady for our family, man, it's going to crash down. Moms, you want to help teach your kids to operate in the faith that they've been given? Be steady. And I'm standing here before you with zero judgment. Okay? Zero judgment because I have not always been steady. I've not always been steady. You're looking at somebody who stopped running his race for the better part of four years. I stopped running my race. And if I'm honest, I really wasn't running before that either. You heard Aaron's, Aaron uh, share our story a few weeks back. I am not a poster child for steady. I have not been a poster child for steady. But I'll tell you this, God has gotten a hold of me and made me understand that steady is what's gonna take me to the end of my race. And steady is gonna take us all to the end of our race this morning. We need to be steady because how we run matters. It matters how we run. Point number two today is this, why we run matters. Why we run matters. Verse 25, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Now the games that Paul is talking about, there were some games that would happen every couple of years outside of the city of Corinth. And it would draw crowds from all over the place. Tons and tons of people would come. So when he's talking to the church in Corinth, they would understand the games he's talking about. They would be able to picture the games that they're talking about. And in these games, these athletes, the they, right? They that he's talking about are the athletes. And they would go through some crazy strict training. And so when he's saying this, the people in the church of Corinth would understand the dedication, the devotion, the, the time, the energy that it would take in this strict training. At that time, to be a successful athlete, you would train outdoors, always outdoors. You would train in direct sunlight because they felt like the harsher the environment, the better they were gonna be at being athletic. They would exert maximum effort. They wouldn't do it halfway. It'd be maximum effort all the time. They'd add weights whenever they could just to add extra resistance. And they would never exercise or run or do anything like that on a solid floor or a marble floor like this. They would do it in sand. So, I mean, when Paul says they go into strict training, this is what he's talking about. But Paul is outlying how ironic it is that they train that hard for a prize that withers and dies. A prize that withers and dies. In fact, the, the prize was a crown. It was a pine, uh, pine shoot crown, and it would wither in about seven days. <laughs> so they would go through all this effort. All of them would run. One of them would win, and they'd win a prize that in seven days it was gone. 
And so he's telling us, isn't that a little ironic, right? But yet, as we look at that today, isn't that sometimes what we get caught up in? Can't we sometimes get caught up in the things that wither and die? We gotta have the best house, the best car, the best clothes. We gotta have the best title. I, I met a guy once who told me that he was working hard in his life because at the end of his life, he wanted to have as many letters behind his name on his gravestone as possible. I'm like, man, I can't, can't even believe that. Parents, parents, we work so hard to give our kids the best opportunities, the best schools, the best sports programs, the best music opportunities. But the first thing to go when time is running short is church, student ministries. And I'm gonna tell you, parents, the students that are in our student ministry, they need to be surrounded by biblical community now more than ever, probably in the history of my life, our lives. They tell me, <laughs> there's one thing about our students, man, they'll talk. If you ask them, they'll talk. And they'll share from their hearts. And they tell me how, how difficult it is for them to run their race. They get around school, they get around non-believers. It's very difficult for them to run their race. They need to be around people that are gonna challenge them and encourage them with biblical truth. Because if we're not careful, we're gonna lose the battle that's right in front of us. And there's not gonna be a next generation that's running this race. That's why I wanna say that I'm so proud of all of those of you who have volunteered and who come out and pour into these kids at students. Thank you, you're making a difference in their lives. You're making a difference into that next generation. So thank you so much today. But the question we all need to ask ourselves is what are we running for? What are, what are we running for this morning? Because why we run matters. Are we running for things that wither and die or are we running for an eternal prize? The prize that lasts forever. There is a crown in heaven that we will receive for the way we run our race right now. The way that we endure in our race right now, even in a year like 2020, even if 2021 doesn't bring all this hope and all the answers, we will receive the prize for running with endurance because how we run matters and why we run matters. James 1.12 says, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Friends, this last week, there was a beloved member of our church family who uh, finished his race. He finished his race this week and he's received his crown in heaven. Isaias Vargas, a week ago today, he went home to be with Jesus. And I had the privilege and an honor of my life to have the opportunity to spend the last few months of his life, to spend the last months of his life with his sweet, sweet wife, Maria. And never in my life has it been so clear to me that why we run matters. Never in my life has it been so clear because there I was witnessing a man leave this earth and go to be forever with Jesus. And of course there was sadness here on earth. But in that moment, there was also an unexplicable feeling and sense of joy because I knew, like you guys knew, Lillian, Gabriella, Umberto, Maria, that your dad and your husband, he knew that his race mattered and he finished his race strong. He finished his race strong. 
And because of the way that he ran his race, he's gonna help you finish your race. His example, he can help all of us today run our race. I love you guys. And God has got you. God has got you in this race. Amen? Amen. The last, last thing I wanna talk about today is point number three, and it's this. What we run with matters. What we run with matters. I told you for extra credit to put a marker in Hebrews chapter 12. I'm gonna read that. This is the NLT version. It says, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We could take a few minutes and we could talk about this, or we could just illustrate it this morning. I think we should illustrate it because let's face it, we'll probably all just remember that better anyway. So I've asked a few of my friends to come on out here. I've got Gavin and Levi and Brian. Let's give them a hand. Let's give them a hand. Gavin and Levi, come over here. So let's pretend for a moment that Levi and Gavin are uh, in a race together. They're in a race together. Would we say that it's probably about a 50% chance of who's gonna win this race, right? 50% Gavin, if we did it 10 times, he'd win five times, Levi might win five times too. We all saw the video of them wrestling on the floor. He held his own, right? He held his own, so yeah. So I feel like he'd win about half the time. But we're gonna see if maybe we can tip this, the, uh, the favor in, in Levi's direction today. So I've got Brian out here to be my Vanna White. We're gonna, we're gonna uh, make things a little harder on Gavin. So we're gonna put this, this uh, weighted running vest on Gavin this morning. The weighted, and you don't have to worry, Gavin, that's not the one I train with. Right, so that's, that's brand new. It doesn't have any sweat or anything, it's brand new. You don't have to worry about that. That's awesome. All right, so he's got a 20 pound weighted running vest. Go ahead and give him the other, the other weights. These are 25 pound dumbbells. Put one of those in each hand. Perfect. That's awesome. All right, so now let's reassess. <laughs> Do we still feel like there's a 50-50 chance here? Probably not, right? I mean, I guess Levi would probably win most of the time. Gavin could win, but Levi would have to like fall down and twist an ankle and maybe pass out. But if we're honest, there's probably not that much of a chance that Gavin is gonna win this race. Can we all agree with that? But here's the thing, we're not done. <laughs> we're not done because Gavin, in addition to carrying that 70 pounds of weight, I need you to run this race with your legs tied. Okay, so Brian, he's my Vanna White today. Brian, go ahead and tie Gavin's legs up. That's perfect. That is perfect. Man, that's good. That's good. So can we now agree that there's like 0% chance that Gavin's gonna win this race, right? Here's what I wanna do. I wanna read Hebrews 12.1 again. I wanna read Hebrews 12.1 again. And Jake, put the camera on Gavin while we read it because I want us to have this picture while we read this verse. Let's read it again together. Let's all read it out loud. Since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight 
that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Friends, the truth is, a lot of us may have come in today feeling on the inside a lot like how Gavin looks right now. If we're really honest with ourselves, a lot of us may be weighed down with some past regrets, some past shame, some past hurts. We're carrying that and it's weighing us down today, those decisions that we wish we wouldn't have made. Maybe even some unforgiveness that we have in our hearts. If we're honest, we may be tripped up with some sin that's in our lives, some unresolved sin that just keeps tripping us up. But friends, if we're gonna run this race and run it effectively, God is telling us we gotta deal with this today. We gotta deal with this today. And here's the awesome news. Here's some awesome news, is that we're not in this race all alone. We're not running this race all alone. Not only do we have Jesus standing right beside us, running with us because he'll never leave you nor forsake you, Gavin. He's gonna run that race with you. But here's the other thing I wanna make very clear this morning. I know I set it up like they were like in this race against one another, but they're not. They're not in this race against one another. They're in this race together. They're running together. They're running together. And this is why it's so important for us to surround ourselves with friends and biblical community. Being here, making church a priority, making gathering together a priority. That's our verse. That's our verse, y'all, Hebrews 10, 25. And the verse before that says that we should what? Spur one another along. And that is what this looks a lot like because Levi is here to run that race with Gavin. And this is my favorite part. This is my favorite part this morning. This is my favorite part. What we run with matters, right? We know what Gavin's running with. It's really, really obvious what Gavin is running with this morning, but what's not obvious is what Levi's running with. It makes, it, it looks like he's empty handed, but he's not, he's not. Because Levi has his testimony. Levi's running with his testimony today. And friends, we all have a testimony. We all have a testimony. What we might not be able to see is that maybe 5, 10, I know you're only 14, but maybe 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago, maybe, maybe Levi struggled with carrying a weight. Maybe Levi struggled with a similar sin that's got Gavin all tied up today. But most importantly, he knows the one person who can take that away. And he knows how to lead him to the one person that can take that away. And so that's what we do when we run together in this race. So Gavin, are you, are you ready to run this race? Are you ready to run this race? But you don't wanna carry that weight, do you? No, you don't, you don't. Are you ready to put that weight down? Levi, why don't you help your brother? Why don't you help your brother? See, here's the thing, Levi, Levi's been to the cross before. Levi's been, he's untangled. God has untangled his sin at the foot of the cross before. He's put his weight down at the cross before. Let us strip off, come on. Let us strip off every weight, put that on the cross because God, God is here today. Jesus paid it all. He didn't pay half of it. Jesus paid it all. We didn't, we didn't sing Jesus paid it some, right? No, Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid it all. And friends, that is the beauty of the body of Christ. It's the beauty of the body of Christ. I've asked our, uh, our worship team to come back out here this morning. We're gonna do something special today. I asked the worship team to come and we're gonna, 
we're gonna sing and, and they're gonna lead us in a song called Available. It's a song that's, that's run, it's sung like a prayer. Just us telling God that we are here and we are available to him. We're available for what God has for us in this race. And as we sing and as the Holy Spirit leads you, I wanna encourage you to come down front and be willing to drop that weight like you just saw Gavin drop it. Just be willing to drop that weight because I feel like some of you may have walked in heavy today, heavy today, maybe tripped up in some sin today. But the same God that helped Levi help his brother is the same God that's gonna help you drop that weight this morning. Are we ready to drop some weight? Are we ready to drop some weight? Here in just a couple days, we're gonna make some New Year's resolutions, right? One of mine is to drop some weight. But what if I told you that we could leave here today lighter than we came in? We just gotta be willing to let it go, church. Just gotta be willing to let it go. As we sing, I wanna invite you to come down. You can kneel, you can stand, you can pray, put your hands in the air, whatever the Lord leads you to do. But whatever you do, do not leave here with that weight that you walked in with this morning. If you wanna know Jesus today, <laughs> if you wanna know Jesus today, if you wanna start your race today, if you feel like you're running aimlessly through life and you wanna know who Jesus is today, we're gonna have some prayer partners down front that will be available to pray with you and to introduce you to Jesus and to talk to you about some next steps that you can take as you get your race started today. So friends, I wanna invite you to come as we sing today.